Hello and welcome to another episode of Meatball Takes Over the Tony Soto Show. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. This week, I I guess I hey, if there's anybody out there that knows anything about like mental stuff, let me know what you think of this one. Um. Am I going absolutely insane? Do I expect too much from people? Am I a raging cunt? I don't know. You tell me. I think it's funny, but I also know that that's probably part of the problem. Enjoy. Tony Soto Show. And we're back. No, that wasn't good either. My goal is to never, like, well, it's not really a goal. I just never want to sing. No, I wish I could sing very well. I can't. I don't have that skill. I'm a bad singer. But I just want to be able to do, like, a 90s interlude. You know what I mean? In between scenes of shows, people would be, there would be like a, uh, like my, uh, uh, Hannah Montana. That wasn't 90s, but they did it a lot in that one. Where it would just be like her looking out a window and it, before it faded to black, there would just be like a, <laughs> I want to be able to do a series of those. There's this girl on TikTok that I watch who all of her songs that she writes are in this show called Selling Sunset or something like that. Everything she, like, she only makes 30-second songs that are just like, and I'm in love and I'm on the move. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta get out of here. And it's like they use them for interludes of, like, driving through Beverly Hills and stuff. Um, that would be, that sounds like an iconic job. She has a beautiful house and lives here in Los Angeles and that is her job. She's not famous for it. Well, I, in some circles, it's like, maybe it's like, call Cindy. We need her on the phone right now. I need a 30 second jig. Sorry. Hello. Hi. My name is Meatball and I am taking over for Tony Soto. Tito Soto. Tony Soto. Hello, it's me, Meatball, and welcome to the Tony Soto Show. I'm taking over while Tony is taking a break to write their one-woman show. Their one-man show. The one Tony show. One Tony Soto show. Would she call it that? Oh, she would, too. Everything is the Tony Soto show. So the title of this would be, like, the Tony Soto one-woman show. Starring Tony Soto. That's actually pretty funny. It's like those old Mark Jacob bags where it was like Mark by Mark Jacobs for Mark Jacobs Sport Apparel, Mark Jacobs and Mark Jacobs. It took me so long to understand that that was like him being funny and goofy. Fashion doesn't really play with like that kind of stuff anymore. Actually, I'm lying. It was like huge a couple years ago. Who was it? Who was it? Victor and Rolf. Who was making those big dresses? And they would say weird shit on them. Not like not like the Paris Hilton stop being poor shirt. Like this. Oh, there was like that jacket that just said no in big letters. That was fun. I don't think anyone's doing fun fashion. What's his name? Thomas. Thomas Brown. Tom. Tom Browling. Tom Brown. I don't know. He makes a bunch of suits. It's all wool, but it's all really cool. Anyway, Tony's taking a break. I'm very, very high and so, 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 so stressed. I got a very busy week. I know. I always talk about how busy I am. I'm not going to do that. But Fat Slut San Francisco is at the end of this week, and I've just 
I'm just very stressed out about it because, you know, at Fat Slut in L.A., I pretty much kind of am the stage manager and run the whole thing. But I have, you know, usually it's Austin and Avery, my two go-go assistants, who pick up the money and, and let the girls know when it's on time or what time it is when I'm on stage talking. And Austin basically runs the sexy food eating competition because when I'm on stage, someone else is tell- lining those people up and telling them where to go and get them on. And honestly, it's probably so difficult because they're so drunk. I, I give them like a three or four minute pep talk and then I hang out with them for a second. We take some photos together I give them drink tickets, and then that's the last I see of them. They go off, and then the next time I see them, they're walking on stage holding a plate of food. So Austin takes over all of that. And uh, I don't have someone like that in San Francisco. You know, when you're traveling these shows, I'm I'm flying in five people from all over. Well, three of them from L.A. and then two of them from New York. But it's just like I can't imagine who's going to help me. So that was it was really stressful. But someone just volunteered and it. It truly lifted a weight off of my shoulders. I feel calm and free right before this. Actually, I um. Ooh, let's take it here. This feels like a good spot to talk. Oh, I keep hitting the mic, which probably you can hear. Well, I'm already five minutes in and I really don't want to edit. So you're going to have to live with it, faggots. Um. Yeah, I just feel so calm. I've been so stressed. Right before this, I, I did record a full 45 minutes, and it was, like, top of my lungs screaming and shouting and yelling. A place that I don't love to... Well, to be honest, I do like yelling. And I do like yelling at people. So... I know it's not right. I know. I know when it's happening. Well, no, I don't know. When it's happening, I'm in a fugue state and there's nothing stopping me. All I see is red and all I hear is the beautiful sound of my voice echoing off the walls in whatever room I'm in. Because I'm loud as fuck. Don't drink that. Don't drink that. Oh, no. We've had a hummingbird feeder kind of sit out until the water turned brown, and now there's a hummingbird drinking out of it. Stop it. Hey. Oh, my God. It just shit. <laughs> I'm going to go take that down. Oh, hold on one second. Tony Soto Show. Okay, I'm back. Um, Yeah, where was I? I was saying I was stressed. Yeah, I've been screaming a lot. I've been screaming a lot, a lot, a lot. Too much, really. Short, short fuse. Um, I, whew, I don't want to say it's because I haven't been drinking, but I haven't been drinking for about a month and, uh, I don't crave it. I don't miss it. I'm not thinking about it constantly. I do think maybe because of the not drinking, the not having caffeine because of the pancreatitis, because of all this stuff, I've been a lot healthier. So I do have a lot more energy and I think that my energy chakra might be uh burning red full of anger because that's i go straight to anger now which is wild and exciting i guess i was always a mad and angry person but uh, 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 let me let me give you this i don't think that i technically have a short fuse i think it takes a lot for me to get upset but i think when i see someone doing something absurdly stupid 
my fuse is too short because I expect everyone to be smarter than I just want everyone to be okay. And I question how some people make it through the world. Now, the most recent time that I did full volume scream, I'm really not proud of it, but I do want to bring it up because it was a big part of this show when I first started recording for Tony. I uh, I bought a new car. I, I did it. I would like to thank everyone who purchased merchandise from me. I would like to thank everyone who came to Fat Slut on my birthday and stuck it out in the heat. Uh, the AC should be fixed by the next one. It's a month away, so fingies crossed. I want to thank everyone who just sent Venmoed me money out of the kindness of your heart. Um, again, if you ever want to give me money, just go to my website and buy a t-shirt from me or a sticker or a signed poster or a pin or a postcard. Christmas I, uh, Christmas is coming up and I have classic, iconic, eight-year-old image work from Felony Dodger. And it's a it's a postcard with me dressed up as Mrs. Claus. And it says, all I want for Christmas is nudes. Actually, don't buy that. Actually, I'm going to take that down. Is that offensive and wrong? So I was out buying a car. I got there at, say, 930 in the morning to buy a car. I knew which car I wanted. Just needed to sit in it, drive it around for a minute. uh, Then sign some papers for it. I brought my boyfriend, Michael. If you are ever going car shopping and you need someone in you, on your side who is unafraid of making people so infuriated, Michael is your guy. There was points in that negotiation process where I started to get pissed off at him. But then I was like, oh, this is for me. So be happy. Uh, he really worked this man down. He worked this man down hard. We got the car for what the Internet says you the website says you because you know when you look at a website for a car it'll say it's like twenty eight hundred dollars no it'll say it's twenty eight thousand dollars this is how good i am with math it'll say it's twenty eight thousand dollars then you go to the dealership they're gonna tag on an extra five six seven in our case eight thousand dollars onto this car and uh michael did that shit got it down below what the market value or whatever the sticker price on it was. And uh, because they were trying to trick us, I'm not going to get into it. They, they were tricking us. They were being tricky guys and that's their job, but Michael can see through the shit. So if you need someone to go shopping with or in any negotiation, give it a try. Cause he will wear these motherfuckers down. But what ended up happening was I was ready to purchase a car, but then their financing office, the guy was busy and they only had one guy in that day. Um, but I got there at, again, 930 in the morning. I was ready to purchase the car at 1230. I did not get to go into that finance office and start talking to that man until three o'clock. Three o'clock. I sat in that car dealership from 1230 to three o'clock. And every time I asked, hey, is he coming? They were like, oh, he's still with him. 20 more minutes, 20 more minutes. And then. By an hour and a half in, I started to get very angry, very angry, because I was like, why am I waiting an hour and a half? This is crazy. So I made the mistake. Don't ever do this. I made the mistake of handing them the key to my old car that I was selling them, which that guy offered me. I'm yelling and I don't want to. That guy offered me twelve hundred dollars for it. 
everywhere else I had taken it was offering me between nine and ten, which is nine or ten um, thousand for it. I Michael talked him up to giving me seventy five hundred for it. These are just a lot of numbers and it's stupid, but. Michael talked him up. I got that car. I sold that car for only $500 less than what I was trying to sell it for on this podcast. Thank you all who inquired about it, but it's gone now. The Meaty Mobile is gone. So is the license plate that says Meaty. They they said, do you want to transfer that? And I said, burn it in a fire. I almost burned that Hyundai dealership down. Let me tell you this right now. After waiting until 3 o'clock, I screamed, give me my title, give me my keys, I'm leaving. And they were like, wait, but he's almost done. He's almost done. And I was like, you've been saying that for the last two hours. I want to leave. I'll come back. I don't give a fuck. I just need to leave. Like, this is crazy. Mind you, again, I have pancreatitis, so I'm on a very strict diet. And that morning, I kind of thought I'd be out of there by 1230. I had the money ready. I had the uh, car ready. I just needed to get it to a point. And at 12.30, I should have been signing papers and driving away in my brand new electric vehicle. But no, I hadn't eaten because I can't eat. And all they kept offering me was stuff that I couldn't eat. So I just kept drinking a bunch of bottles of water. I had, drink, I had five bottles of water and went and peed. Like every 30 minutes I was peeing. Um, and they kept on being like, and I was like, can I, I'm just going to leave and go grab food and head back. And they were like, no, don't even do that. Like they were holding me there because I think they thought if I left, I wouldn't come back. And frankly, I wouldn't have, I would not have, I truly would not. I would have gone to any other dealership. I'm yelling and I'm just rambling. I was there for a very long time. I screamed, I yelled, I threw a little fit and let me tell you it worked. But uh, the only thing I would say I thought was funny about that experience besides all that was um, I was so mad by the time they pulled me into that office that I had reached my screaming point and I was like, great, we're go- we're done screaming. I'm no more yelling. Let's, let's do the opposite. I'm going to start talking very quietly and very slowly because they made me wait a very long time, two, three hours really, uh, to meet with you. Uh, so now I'm going to waste your time. And surely I did. I, uh, made us get up and out of that office three times. I made him go get me two water bottles before I even finished the one I walked in holding just, just in the middle, he'd be like explaining something to me. And I'd be like, Oh, you know what? Can I get another bottle of water? And he would look at my bottles of water and then I would just stare at him. And he was like, yeah, I'll go get that. And he got up and went and got it. At one point, he was like, sign this. And I was like, well, this says that I looked at the car. And I didn't. I looked at a similar model, but they're cleaning up mine right now. So I need to go look at it. And he's like, well, I mean, it's come, It's fresh out of the plastic. It'll be fine. And I was like, no, I need to go look at it. And so I made us get up, go out. I circled that car. I licked my thumb. I rubbed a spot. I said, is that a scratch? Made them all come look at nothing because they wasted my time. I know this is like Michael called this Karen behavior, but I just think I needed some sort of validation. I knew that they knew that what I was doing was being a bitch. I'm okay with that because they all had to do what I was saying to do. So then we did that. I We were sitting in the office. Oh, well, the first thing he asked me was like, oh, wow. So uh, you're getting this car. What, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a drag queen. And he just kind of stared at me. And I looked at him and I was like, what do you do? This is the financier guy when I'm in his little office. And he goes, I'm the financial advisor here at the Hyundai. And I went, oh, 
you're bad at your job. And he went, what? And I was like, I had to wait three hours to come in here while you were with one other family. So you couldn't get that done in three hours. And he just stared at me and was like, well, we'll get you out of here as fast as we can. And I was like, okay. And then that's when I asked for the first bottle of water. Um, and then, oh my God, the other thing that I did, which was so cunty was after I had already gone outside, circled the car, we went back into the office and it said, it showed me a thing and it said that the car had been driven 16 miles. And I said, well, that's fresh out of the plastic. And they're saying that they're putting the tires on it. So I need to see the odometer because that doesn't make sense. It shouldn't have been driven 16 miles. And he goes, oh yeah. Okay. And I went, and he was like, well, we can go look at it. Like he was rolling his eyes at the idea of having to get up and leave again. And I went, no, it's hot out there. Can you FaceTime him? And he, he went, you want me to FaceTime him? And I went, yeah, can you FaceTime him? And so he FaceTimed him so that they would turn on the car and show me the odometer. And then the odometer said 13 miles, which I'm still shocked by. And I went, ooh, 13's my lucky number. Can we reprint all of these? And I made him reprint the entire contract, like 30 pages or whatever of it, so that the one page would be correct. All I'm saying is, listen, y'all, if people waste your time, just waste it back. You got nothing. I literally at that point, I was supposed to go record stuff that day. I had to cancel my recording. So I was like, you know what? Days freed up. Time to be a total fucking cunt. Did I do anything else? I think that was it. Oh, oh, yeah. I just stopped saying yes or no and just only start, uh, responded with slay. Um, that one, I don't think really worked out in my favor. I think that one made me look insane, but, uh, the rest of the behavior, it felt good. And to be honest, I don't, I've never, but I've, I've done cunty shit before, but that was a different level of person that came out because I've never, I'm usually so afraid of confrontation, but I think just so hungry, so without weed or alcohol in my system, my brain is operating at a different level. And uh, I think I like playing games with people like that now. Is that? I think that's something I should be worried about. Okay, I'm going to take a break because I feel too good right now. And we're back. I'm calm. I'm calm. I'll probably edit that out. Actually, I'm just going to leave it all in. Who cares? I don't fucking care anymore. I am so happy to be doing my party. Uh, oh, Tony made it out to my Fat Slut Barbie birthday party. Tony was there. Everyone in the audience at one point. I don't know who started it, but someone started screaming it. And then everyone started saying, fuck Tony Soto. Really loud. She's so rude, so rude to do to him. Who would do such a thing? Uh, I hope their show is coming along great. The, they were telling me, oh, let me relay you some information. What if I just gave spoilers to Tony's show? Uh, Tony was kind of telling me the concept, and it's very good. Uh, it's very funny. It's very real. I think a lot of people will, uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see what comes out of his little brain. Let's talk about old men being creepy. Uh, previously, I've spoken about being groped, touched, and my grundle being fondled down in uh, the fabric district. I was just there this morning getting fabric for my costume this Friday, and 
maybe it was because it was so early. It was like 9 a.m. Maybe it was just like the, the old pervs were out. The old pervy birds were really squawking. But it's fucking gross watching an old man. I also saw it a lot on the street in San Francisco last week. To watch old men like just glare at women. I don't mind seeing someone and this might be a a wrong statement or inappropriate or whatever but i don't really care if someone like checks a woman out Uh, Oof, that was so gross i don't care if a man checks a woman out like gives her an up down it's wrong it's weird and you shouldn't think of women as objects but like i do that to men all the time I look at their cute little butts and see what's in their little shorts, trying to keep, get a peek at their little mushroom head. Mushroom. You know what I mean? So I don't care about an up-down, but there's something about the way a man over the age of 75, fuck it, maybe 65, really just, like, will change their whole stance. Like, they'll put their hands on their arms. Their hands on their arms. Their hands on their hips and kind of spread their legs a little wide and just make themselves larger than they need to be to just stare at a woman who walks by and has to completely ignore them while they just their head is on a fucking swivel all the way from from left to right like you just watch them perv out eyes up down the whole time and it's like can you fucking not it's so gross looking but what what is it in in old pervy men that they don't think that that's a problem? Like, how is there no self awareness? Like, oh, maybe what I'm doing is way. Maybe they want people to look. Maybe like that old man, he wants to get caught. Um. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, Fat slut, though, I will say, and this is a problem that I've been running into, and Dipper even kind of said this. He was like, uh, how many new or different ways can someone strip while eating food? And I was like, it doesn't have to be new or different. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, and we will get to reinventing the wheel because someone stole my number. But you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you're up on stage performing at Fat Slut. Just, like, kind of look and see what worked before, which is just high energy, a lot of face, putting the food on your body and dancing and moving. And I know I'm just asking asking regular people who don't have BFAs to come on stage in front of a room full of people, which, you know, might be nerve-wracking for someone who doesn't have to do that all the time every week. That's not something that's ever crossed my mind. I guess people are up there just doing the best they can, and I should let everyone live their lives and do as they will. And that's why I think I will be making some sort of instructional video for fat slut sexy food eating competition. Just so people kind of know what they're getting into and know what's good and what's bad and what works and what doesn't work. Like, honestly, I've been I, I debrief them before they even get on stage. I give them a rundown of, you know. You will be immediately disqualified if you throw food at the audience or at the judges behind you. Do not throw food, period. You need to keep it on your body or on the tarp. If you drop down to the ground, no one can see you. So try to keep it up. Keep it level. I understand dropping down for the effect, and that will work. You will get a cheer. But please work your way on back up. Do not keep yourself on the floor. 
you know, just like the simple things. You got 30 seconds. Do with it what you will. But please, for the love of God, get to the stripping immediately. There is no time for tea. I've already done this. I've done this already. I did this already on this podcast. I had this conversation with myself. That's the problem is now that I'm recording this one and then sticking to my regular recordings, which we do four times a week, and those all get jumbled up because I don't know what order they come out in. I don't know what to talk about anymore. I'm truly losing my mind. I know what I will talk about. I'll talk about someone stealing my number. This is not the first time it's happened, and I understand my numbers are good, and some of you bitches could never, but I don't understand the concept. Never in my entire drag career was I like, hey, I'm just going to do someone else's numbers and immediately be that person. I understand I do impersonations. I do the Delta work. I've done Oprah. Uh, I did George Santos. But those, I'm talking about the numbers. I'm talking about the mixes that go into it. Like, I make all of those. And so when I see someone else doing one of those mixes that I've made, a drag queen, down to, like, like all they did was add one little spoken word part that I left out of mine and changed one song. But the format of the whole thing is exactly the same. And then they did the exact same reveal that I did. Like, they stole the concept of, like, the sweater reveal, which is, like, the front of it's just I mean it's not it's not a new concept I didn't create I, I didn't create any of this work you know what I mean it's all pieces of stuff that I've puzzled together but that little puzzle I made and to watch someone else doing that and getting applause for it is wild also this person was like in a competition like they were in a drag competition which is even weirder to me because I'd be like if I was competing wouldn't I want my it to be my work that's getting a applauded not someone else's it's so strange to me never in my drag career have I ever done that stolen someone else's work tried to look exactly like someone else like I get the comparisons to other drag queens sure but like no one's like oh you're just doing this you're imitating this person like I'm do I'm meatball and that's a, a meatball number. And the only reason I know about this, like, clear, I would have never seen it. This girl probably would have flown under the radar. I know there's tons of people have stolen that McDonald's mix and done it in all of their clubs. And everyone knows it's mine. Uh, and everyone's just like, yeah, it's cool. I'm just doing that meatball mix. And it's like, is that cool? Is that fucking cool? Because now if I come to your city and I want to do that mix, then everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's that mix that that girl did. And I'm like, well, she may have done. I did it. And usually I do it better because some of you whores can't even. But I just don't understand the concept of like stealing my entire number. I get taking like like lifting the, the joke of a phone call being interrupted like that and stuff and putting it in a different number. And like if you think about it seriously and no one's brought it up, but I'll say my McDonald's mix and my Delta work mix are basically the exact same mix. The format and the joke layout and how they like go from spoken word to song to spoken word are almost identical. I'm sure if you played them over each other, they would be the same. But I've performed I have performed both of those numbers in the same night at a club and not a single person noticed. No one said it. No one like did like it's because it's 
they're like different characters and it's like funny. So all I'm saying is like you can do you could steal the layout and the formula, but like do something else. Don't do the exact same number. Right. Or am I just being a bitch? Like also, yes, I'm being a bitch because that's like kind of what I do. And there's not, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just, like, going to talk about it because it is annoying. But, like, I'm not, I, th- I can't do anything. I don't own the rights to any of it. I think it's more just, like, ugh, I hate this. But, like, from one artist to another, don't take my zhuzh. And then do it worse. Or at least if you're going to do it, do it better. But she didn't. And the worst part was having to see it like a bunch of people sent it to me so I had to see it over and over and so of course I was feeling cunt that morning sober and cunt and I sent her a side eye emoji like the one not not the full face not the full yellow face with the eyes to the left because that kind of gives like "Mm." I gave her just the two it's just two long eyes looking to the left and I feel like that gives more of a "Mm." so I gave her the "Mm," the "Mm." no the "Mm." No, the mm, no, the mm. And uh, then she posted on Twitter. See, I am bringing it all back up. She just w- went on Twitter after I, I sent her that. I, it wasn't publicly, just into her inbox, like, sis, I saw thoughts, question mark. I should have said thoughts. Um, and all she did was post on Twitter. It was so amazing competing and blah, blah, blah last night. I loved recreating spiciest meatball or fat drag meatballs number. Like, so now you're proud of doing someone else's thing. I don't get it. I guess maybe other people are fine with that, but I always want to make my own stuff and do my own stuff. That's why I make everything myself. Isn't that more isn't that like the point isn't that why we're all doing this is to like create stuff and then show it all aren't we all just little children putting on plays for each other but now we're just big adult drunk children goofing around and being like look what i made look what i did because like i mean unless you're just strictly out trying to make money which i guess sure steal and do whatever but like when you make a new number and stuff it's like i'm gonna show this off Look at this work I put in. Look what I've done. And to me, when you take someone's number, it's like, well, they did the work. Like, I'm just going to do the easy part, which is putting it up on the stage. Because I've already seen someone else do it. So I know exactly the beats and how to do it. So I can just steal it. And then again, I think about it and I'm like, good, take it, do it. I I can't stop you and I'm not going to stop you. It's just a we- it's just weird and it seems so uncreative. Be creative. If you're going to do drag, do drag. If you want to be an artist, be an artist. And if you want to be a drag queen that just lip syncs to other people talking, then fine, that's fine. That's what I do, but who cares? I was so infuriated, actually, when I first saw it. But then this has happened so many times before. Like, it happened with the juice number where I came out as a Kool-Aid man performing to Lizzo's juice. And I was, like, pouring. I had the big pitcher and I made lemonade or I made Kool-Aid with, like, 
the audience's drinks and then a Kool-Aid packet. Like, I was just grabbing people's drinks, putting it in, stirring it up, and then pouring it back into their cups. Like, they didn't have to drink it. This was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. So, I understand it's disgusting. But also, kind of the point of it was that it was gross. That it was like, you're still going to drink it. It's It was like a suicide of, like, rum and Cokes, tequila sodas. Anyway, I did that put it and stirred it up, poured it back out. I literally watched someone else do the same thing. They came out in the Kool-Aid Man outfit identical to mine and did the exact same thing and in my mind it's like i i don't i can't stop you from doing that but it's clear that you did not think of that it's it you follow me you liked my video and you are now doing it and i get like it, i should be considering this like a play anyone can perform the play once once the play is out there and you buy it from playbill.com or whatever. What was that play? Okay, I'm going to look it up now. Play book manufacturer? Man, you, fat, sure. What is that place called? Playbook makers? No. Plays. You're all coming with me on this journey. 50 best plays. No, play books. Okay, playbooks, playbooks. I'm not getting anything. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Found it, found it, found it. You just had to. Oh my God, why won't I? I have to. I have to zoom in so much. Dramatics, Dramatist Play Service Inc. Do y'all remember that? They were they were like yellow, red, green, blue, purple, and they had the little line. On it, and you could buy any play, any play that ever existed. Uh, so, yeah, and then all you had to do was like buy the rights or whatever. But most of these you don't need rights for them because they're so old that you then just get to perform it. That's how high schools usually perform their plays and pick them because it's like free to do them. But you buy it from this company, you get the official playbook from Dramatists, Dramatic Dramatists Play Service Inc. Hit the play button. So anyway, maybe drag should be, maybe performances should be like that. Maybe once a queen puts a performance out into the world, any other queen is allowed to just do their exact thing. And then we'll all just be doing each other's thing. And then by the end of the day, we'll all just be doing the same thing. And we can have homogenized drag and we can all look the same and do the same fucking thing. Does that, that sounds like we should be doing that. I need to take a break. And we're back. Once I go high, once it goes up, I really cannot bring it back down. It's there's no part of me that can. Uh, like it just isn't. It's not smooth. I'm so hungry all the time literally all the time i can't eat anything still and that brings me to the, my next point thank you everybody who has noticed that i have lost weight that's so kind of you to keep an eye on me like that but um it's not i'm not trying to lose weight so it's weird to be complimented on it like i i understand that like i was fat or i am fat not was i was fat her i'm always going to be fat i was 
what's so wild is everyone's like, oh, you're so skinny now. And it's like, no, just before I was almost 300 pounds. And now I am just less close to 300 pounds. But if you were to look at me uh, as just fresh eyes, you'd never met me before. I'm still fucking fat. So like, don't, I don't like being called skinny. I don't like complimenting the weight loss. Like I like, I like joking about it and being like, Oh, I'm going to be so skinty hunty. But earnest, um, if it's said in earnest, it's uncomfortable. Cause, uh, it kind of goes along with what was going on when I wore the beard and mustache to record our podcast. Um, me and Big Dipper's podcast when I was mad at him, so I dressed up like him, and it was very funny. <laughs> I guess that's another thing that I've done that was a little cunty. I was, like, very mad about something, and then um, instead of showing up in full drag, because I have to show up in drag, um, I showed up dressed like him, which is kind of a serve. That's a funny thing to do. Like, you, I was still in drag, technically. Anyway, so... um. A lot of people were commenting when I was in the beard and stuff, talking about how much, how hot I was like that. And I was like, y'all really are some simple people. Like, all it takes is like 15 pounds lost and you're like, oh, wait, you're kind of hot now. Or me to put on a mustache and beard, cover, basically cover the problem area, which is my fat lower face. And then you're horny for it. Get alive! I hope if you were sleeping that woke you up, this diva's about to get it on. Serve it up. Papa is gonna. Did anyone else see the Barbie movie? No? Oh, yes? Um, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, fa- I fell asleep in it like three times. I wasn't even sleepy. Uh, But the parts that I saw, I loved. I really liked it. It was mostly the parts where it was the heartfelt message to the world that I kind of kind of dozed off. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But one part that's truly wild to me is, and it didn't need explanation, which I was what I thought was so funny. And if you haven't seen it, I guess it would be a spoiler. Okay, I won't say anything. I won't say anything. I won't say anything. Well, I guess, you know... I don't want to spoil the Barbie movie, so that's all I've really been up to is that and working. Oh, I, I mean, I was just in San Francisco with a like staying at a very, very wealthy person's house. It was like a homestay situation, so they didn't want to get me a hotel, so they opted to get me, let me stay at this guy's house. And I thought it would be one of those situations where it's like you just stay there and they kind of ignore you and you kind of ignore them and uh, that's it. And this man was asking me out to dinner every night after I'd get home and it would be like 8 p.m. and I was like exhausted and he's like, we're going out for dinner and he'd have like three or four people in his house and he was really nice. I mean, well, he was not nice the first night I got there, but also my flight got delayed and I kept explaining to him like my flight is delayed. I'm doing every the, on, the I'm on the last flight out of LA, or out of Burbank. There is no other flight. I, I cannot get to you sooner. And he was like angry texting me. And I was like, this is a great way to start this. Like, I'm going to get to your house and you're already mad at me. And I got to my, his house and he was already mad at me. Like he was p- pissed. 
And I was like, this is wild. And then the next night he, he was like totally normal and like it didn't happen. And I was like, this must be kind of what it's like living with me where I'm like, just, I will be screaming at you. And they're like, oh, don't forget. Um, I owe you a little bit of money or something, but oh, the fuck it. Like, it's just like insane. It was so wild. Anyway. So I didn't have a choice really. I mean, I could have gotten a hotel, but again, I, if I got a hotel room in San Francisco, they're like $400 and $500 a night for like a normal hotel with air conditioning. Hotels are getting insane. I, I feel like I remember them like $250 was an expensive hotel. But now in order to get people in, it's like, th- well, okay, 250 is very expensive. Like that is where I would like to cap it off. But you can't do that in San Francisco unless you want to be over by the airport. But I'm also trying to be like near things in San Francisco. And it's like, you're, I'm not rich. I just spent all my money on a car. Thank you. So anyway, what I was saying was, yeah, he got really mad at me. It was so uncomfortable. And then he got, and then on the last day I was there, I had to go to work again in the morning. I left at like 10 a.m. I got back. I, I was supposed to be off at six. So I was going to go back to his place and like sleep and then get on a 6 a.m. flight. Like just so he wouldn't even see me. And that morning when I got up, he was on his computer being like, I'm looking at other flights. And he kept trying to get me to fly to LAX. And I kept on trying to be like, sir, I, my car is at the Burbank airport. And he was like, well, how far is that? And I was like, it's 45 minutes across town. And so what he was positing for me to do was to fly to LAX, get a, he was like, well, how much is a cab to get a cab from LAX to the Burbank airport to where my car was to then drive home? Like, what it was so insane it was absolutely insane also this reminds me of the other thing like only that would happen to me like i've never met anyone ruder than me and then i did i stayed with him and it was wild but then um how does la exit work this is a separate event i've been in san francisco a bunch this month actually technically more days than i've been in la but what how i did it because this time I was gone for a, a much longer visit or stay. So I I was like, I'm not going to drive myself. I'm not going to pay for parking every single day at the airport. I'll just take a cab and then or maybe Michael dropped me off. This doesn't matter. So I get to the airport. I get on that bus, the LA exit, and I'm like, great. This will be so easy. I call my, my Lyft right when I'm like the bus is pulling up to the thing because I've kind of figured out like, oh, you can time it because it's still, it says they're two minutes away, they're 10. So I was like, great. I'm the fir- I feel like I'm the first person to call mine. Every- we walk to the, the stall. Everyone's on their phones looking and calling. Everyone else gets picked up. My Uber driver just keeps driving further and further and further and further away from the airport. And he's doing that thing where they want you to cancel so that their score doesn't go down. And um, but it was like not I didn't it wasn't long enough. He hadn't been there and he hasn't and it hadn't been long enough for me to cancel and lose money. So I should have just done it. But instead, I just kept calling him. And he kept hanging up and then he kept calling him and then he kept hanging up. So everybody, so I should have just canceled. I understand. I did this to myself, but it's like, why be an Uber driver if you don't want to do your job? So he's driving away from the airport. I cancel it. I call another one still in enough time that like 
the other people that were on my flight that I are clearly here around me still don't have their cars. Then all of them get picked up and I'm standing there still alone. Just kind of like, why? And then I look around and there is, well, I do run into a friend of the pod, old, old friend Mossy. As you recall, they used to be one of Tony's producers or do they helped Tony make Tony's way through the world. You know, you know, Tony always needs someone to kind of guide him. So, um, I ran into them and I was like, yep, my car's five minutes away. They're like, ours is coming faster. And they jumped in them and their husband. So anyway, just interesting that I was standing there and then I waited for the other car. And then when he's coming, he pulls in. This has happened to me a couple times at LA Exit, which is why I don't do it anymore. I just fucking call a black car the minute my plane lands. And then they'll sit there and wait until your luggage is out. And then you can walk out with your luggage just straight into a car. And then they take you home. And you don't have to deal with LA Exit and having to wait. But anyway, so they pull around. And then I guess there's a bathroom. For them to stop at if they want right before they drive in. So even if it says that your driver's five minutes away, they'll often stop to go use the restroom, I think. Or that's what he said. He's like, oh, there's a bathroom over there that we all use. There was a line. So your Uber might be there, but he has to go to the bathroom and there's a line because there's no other bathroom. So they're just like stuck there using it. And before you think that I'm being like a classist asshole or annoying or something, why, for me, if I was an Uber driver, I think these people are getting off a plane and they've just dealt with like a long travel day. No one likes to travel. That seems so annoying. I'll pee before I even pull in. I'll pee before I accept a ride. I won't do bathroom time when I'm supposed to be picking you up because you don't know if someone's in a rush or not. I don't know. Maybe I expect too much from the world. Maybe I expect everyone to fucking think too much. I started this wanting to be happy and now here I am at a level 10. Anyway, if you are li- if you live in San Francisco or the Bay Area, or if you know anyone that does, tell them Fat Slut is at Oasis. Get your tickets, sfoasis.com. It's going to be an incredible night, incredible lineup. Land Insider, Van Der Von Odd, Bitch Pudding, Pinche, Nikki Jizz, Snacks, Helixer, Mud the Two Spirit, uh, Beefcakes, and Doce de Leche. That's ten incredible performers. Five Los Angeles. Well, I guess Pinche is New York now. And five San Francisco. Um, a swath of genders and kings and queens. And I'm doing it all. And then there's going to, you know, be the sexy food eating competition where you can win $200. Two people have signed up already currently. Um, and it's always crazy when they send a picture and you're like, I get that this photo is funny. But you also have that look in your eyes like you drink blue drinks. I just got a notification on my phone about my car. I left it at this place to get the windows tinted. And now I'm like, are they going to steal my car? Which is not a good thought. But what are they going to do to my car? View vehicle status. Doors unlocked and open. Okay, they're stealing my car. I have to go. Tony Soto Show. Tony Soto Show. Tony Soto Show.